Welcome to Politics and Psychology, where we discuss psychological insights for America's social issues, sensitive topics, and controversial conversations. I'm your host, Dr. Renee Carr, and I am a political advisor as well as a psychologist, and I apply the science of psychology to help legislators and high-profile CEOs solve social issues or understand social issues as well as address crises. Now, in today's episode, the sensitive topic that we will be discussing is the November 16, 2023 lawsuit that singer Cassandra Ventura, known as Cassie, filed against Sean Combs, who is known as P. Diddy or Puff Daddy. And he is the rapper and the prominent um, entertainment leader in hip hop, or also known as a hip hop mogul. Now, in the 35-page legal filing that Cassie and her team, legal team submitted, Cassie asserts that she was a victim of domestic violence, rape, and sex trafficking. But was she indeed a victim of sex trafficking because she is such a very high-profile person and everyone knows who she is? So we're going to go through the timeline of the couple's relationship and also review some of the allegations in the court filing. Now, just to be transparent, the case was immediately settled for $30 million, and the content of that legal filing might be the reason why. And since then, supposedly the FBI has become involved because of the sex trafficking allegations, and so that's what we are going to explore today. So let's start off with the relationship. In 2005, the couple met, and at that time, Cassie was 19 years old and Sean was 37. So this gave them approximately an 18-year difference with Sean being the senior. In 2006, because of Cassie's record, then she became um, an employee of Bad Boy Records, and they gave her a 10-contract or a 10-album contract deal. When you have records in the record entertainment industry, you don't usually just produce an album every month. So this is a very long-term contract, meaning one album a year, maybe. So that would be a five to 10-year contract if she did even two albums per year. So suffice us to say it was a very long-term contract. In 2007, September 2007, it was Cassie's 21st birthday party. And at this party celebrating was obviously her boss, Sean Combs, and he was there with his girlfriend, Kim Porter. When um, when Cassie was coming out of the bathroom, then Sean actually grabbed her, pushed her back into the bathroom, and then kissed her. She ran out of the bathroom because she was shocked and allegedly horrified by her boss kissing her, and she left crying and told a friend. And the reason why it's important to know that she alleges that she also told a friend is because had the case gone to trial, that friend would have been called in to testify, was she indeed upset by Sean kissing her or was this a mutual understanding or a consent? By establishing that the beginning of the relationship started with her being forced to kiss him, then it can then lead Sean open to other vulnerabilities legally. So Soon after that, he forced her on a date. Mind you, Sean already had a girlfriend, Kim Porter, who is now deceased, and Cassie also had a boyfriend. So she did not want to go on a date per se, but because he was her boss, she felt obligated to go because he said he wanted to celebrate her successes. She gets into this car that he's driving. 
um, that she did not want to go on. And then he gives her a pill and she's like, oh, what is this for? And he's like, oh, just take it. And she's like, well, I don't really take drugs. I don't want to take any pills. He's like, just take it. So of course, she's a young girl. She's vulnerable. This is her boss and he's a very powerful man. So of course she does take it only later to find out that he had given her the pill ecstasy. And on that night, Sean had sex with Cassie. A few weeks later, because Cassie still had a boyfriend and Sean was still dating Kim Porter, then he was requiring Cassie to go to a Miami Miami trip, which she did not want to do because she did not want the sexual encounter that happened previously to recur. And so he then came back with a flyer that had been professionally designed and it had her image on there saying it was a bad boy entertainment event with a club featuring Cassie as one of the persons who was going to be in attendance. This then made it a requirement for Cassie to go to Miami to be at this club. Later, she found out that there was no actual appearance that she had to make, that the flyer was false and was just a trick by Sean to get her away from her boyfriend out of New York and away in Miami so that he could have her all to himself. During this trip, then he gave her more drugs that he forced her to take, and he also had sex with her again. And this began the part of their romantic, quote-unquote, romantic relationship. But it also began their domestic violence in which Sean was severely domestically violent against Cassie, giving her such severe beatings that he would often stomp on her face. If you've seen her, she's a very beautiful little girl. So he would stomp on her face, kick her, give her black eyes, busted lips, etc. So this was a few months after they started dating that because there was so much domestic violence and she was often in a lot of pain, he introduced her to opiates. Opiates or opioids, similar to what you may know as heroin, those are medical substances or prescription substances used to, if you do have pain, to reduce the feeling of pain. So... Because she was using the opiates, it does give a medical justification if, again, it had gone to court for testimony that she was in such severe pain from the beating that she was willing to take the opioids, although they were forced on her. It was also helping her to alleviate the physical pain from the domestic violence. In addition to her extreme level of being a victim of domestic violence, she would have to go to having a hospital appointment or a medical visit. But because Sean did not want this information to be released or made public, he would have her medical records sent to him under the guise that he was the employer or he was the one paying for the medical treatment and therefore had the access to the client records as a right, which is not true if you go according to HIPAA regulations, but he is powerful He was probably paying out of pocket and he would then be able to use his wealth and status to get confidential health information that would have been noticed and someone would have reported it to the authorities. However, because he was getting the medical records directly, then he was able to protect himself legally. In addition to that, when she, Cassie, was going to medical appointments, She could not go by herself. She had to take one of his staff members along with her, whether to drive her or to wait with her inside the waiting room. So this was still all in 2008 
which was less than a year of when they had been dating. Also, in 2008, this was when uh, we get into the sexual trafficking allegations as well as the sexual violence. So in 2008, Sean told Cassie that he was very much into voyeurism. Voyeurism is a sexual behavior in which one person becomes aroused, sexually stimulated, and then proceeds to masturbate by watching someone else or a group of other individuals having sex. When Sean told Cassie that he enjoys being voyeuristic, he proceeded to tell her that he wanted to watch her have sex with another man. So when she was 22 years old, then they engaged in a freak-off And a freak-off is what Sean would label the voyeuristic experiences of him watching Cassie have sex with another man or with multiple men. And in the court transcripts, it's labeled freak-off and F-O. So if I say freak-off or F-O in this episode, then that's what I'm talking about. The voyeuristic experiences of Sean watching Cassie have sex with other individuals. So again, this is all still within the first year of them dating. And this is very fast and individuals may say, well, she knew what she was getting into or why did she agree? But you also have to think about the process of violence or domestic violence and abuse. When it comes to an individual who is, Cassie is a very petite person, when it comes to a person being physically and violently beaten and abused, and if that happens so often, then the mind goes into a state of survival and having least resistance to avoid other beatings and physical trauma. He also, meaning Sean, would give her drugs so that her body would be able to perform sexually or so that she would be numb from these sexual experiences or numb from the pain from the savage beatings that she had to endure. So when you couple Sean being a very powerful man Cassie being a very young girl still, and them still in the relationship, Sean using his physical violence to control her and then forcing her to have sex, it's not as easy as, oh, well, she should have just said no because so many other variables of um, violent conditioning had happened to her mind and her body that it made it easier to control her. However, she did not want to engage in this initial freak off because Obviously, it's not what she was interested in doing, but he made her take additional drugs. And I'm going to give you a listing of the drugs that um, she alleges she was forced to take. She was forced to take ecstasy, obviously, the sexual uh, in um, releasing inhibition drug, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol, and also ketamine. Now, it's very important to understand that if a person is using ketamine, ketamine is a hallucinogenic drug meaning it causes the individual to hallucinate. It's also used whenever a person wants to have a dissociative experience, meaning I want my body to be free from my mind so that I'm not aware of what's happening to my body. This is very damaging evidence because the fact that she was taking ketamine to dissociate from what was happening to her body is a strong indicator and a very strong argument that she did not want to engage in the freak off and that she was willing to take the drug so that she would numb herself and not have to remember or feel what was happening. This was all during the first freak off. Now, it wasn't that it happened just at one time or that one evening. 
This first freak off lasted for several days that she had to endure. So much so that when it was finally over, Sean brought in um, individuals to assist with IV infusions to help clean out her system from the drugs and to also help her body to recover. That shows a very systematic way of knowing what you were doing to an individual and then trying to either cover your tracks or make that person be able to perform again soon after. This continued for four more years, the domestic violence as well as the freak-offs. In 2012, Cassie did try to leave the relationship, and then when she did, she was briefly dating a musician named Kid Cuddy. When Sean found out about this, then he beat her savagely. She tried to run away to Kid Cuddy's house to escape Sean and to just live there because the house that she lived in, the cars that she drove, the clothes that she had on were all owned by Sean. So she had to leave as a way of escape to go to Kid Cuddy's house because that was the closest person and the most immediate person that she thought would be able to save her. However, Sean was either, I'm not sure, it doesn't say clearly if Sean was texting or if he called Cassie, but it was clear in the documents that he informed her that he was going to hurt her and Kid Cuddy and that he was going to blow up his car. And at the time of when he said blow up his car, meaning blow up Kid Cuddy's car and at Kid Cuddy's home, Cassie was in the vicinity and he indeed had the car blown up in front of Kid Cuddy's house. So this is very shocking, traumatic, and fear inciting for any individual, much less a young woman with an older man. It also lets you know how much power that Sean had, that not only was he able to threaten Cassie of her own danger, but also threaten her life as well as any others. So with this fear, Cassie did return back and the domestic violence, the savage beatings continued, as well as the freak-offs. It would also happen that during these freak-offs, instead of Sean arranging who he wanted Cassie to have sex with, he would then direct her on finding males, and he would specify males, black men with big penises, and he would want her to find them on escort services or on male prostitution websites. It would require her to pick out these men and then to also arrange the freak-offs, meaning the hotels, the drugs, the alcohol, everything that was needed. Also involved in arranging the freak-offs were Sean's assistants, and it's alleged that they also assisted in procuring large amounts of baby oil and astroglide, which is a vaginal or anal lubricant to make it less friction and easier for penetration. So, not only was Cassie very much aware that Sean could physically hurt her and someone else, but that the possibility of death was also a strong possibility. And that not only was she not able safe medically, she couldn't just go to her medical doctor and explain what the bruises were because she knew that all of her medical records were being sent back to Sean. Also, that Sean's staff were accompanying her to medical appointments, so she couldn't reveal anything without also revealing that she had told the medical professionals. In addition to that, Sean had his security staff ensure that Cassie couldn't leave. For example, there was an incident in 2015 
on Cassie's 29th birthday. Sean gave her a surprise birthday party dinner, and at that birthday party, he commanded her to leave and to go to this hotel where he had arranged for a freak-off. It's her birthday. Obviously, she's not wanting to do this, so she's refusing to do it and saying she wasn't going to leave her birthday dinner. But Sean's security guards forced her into the car with Sean, and then, of course, he forced her into the freak-off. That same year, when Cassie was at a, you know, Sean, he's a music producer, hip-hop person. She's in the hip-hop world, so they're always at clubs and parties. So at this, And there's always other producers and want-to-be artists there as well. So when she was at this one event in 2015, this party, she was happening to talk to another music producer. When Sean saw her, he dragged her at this party, at this club, he dragged her into the bathroom and beat her so severely, allegedly, that she was trying to hide behind the toilet. But because he was still able to reach her, he gave her two black eyes, a busted lip, and there was this huge whelp on her forehead. This is Then she's leaving out of the bathroom, and no one was able to hear this because the music was so loud at the party. However, it's alleged that his head of security, a big, strong man, and also Sean's assistants saw Cassie and Sean coming out of this bathroom, saw, saw that her bruises were deepening and becoming, you know, blood. Does, if you get hit in the eye, it doesn't just start turning black and blue right away. So in order for her bruises to have been visible upon leaving the bathroom, that shows how long she was indeed in that bathroom being beaten so that they could actually see that the blood was pooling in her eyes, on her lips. Well, the, the busted lip, you can see that easily. But for it to be pooling in her eyes and for a bruise to be um, forming on her forehead, that was a very long time in which she was enduring beating. It's also significant that if you can get a big security guard moved to tears at the sight of this per- person being beaten, that shows you how severe it was. Sean's female assistant also saw Cassie and began to cry. And then when he looked and saw, I guess snapped out of it and saw what was happening on Cassie's face, then he quickly had her taken away and um, tucked her away inside of a hotel. So unfortunately, this continued because there were so many people who saw what was happening, even moved to tears by what they saw happening, but no one spoke up, not medical professionals, not the staff, not even the drivers, and not even the men who were involved in the freak-offs because at sometimes uh, Sean would beat Cassie at the freak-off. And so not even them, not even were they even willing to step up and to help this girl get the safety or protection that she needed, allegedly. Now, in 2016, there was another freak off. And as I mentioned, Sean would often beat her at any time that he became upset with her, especially when he became jealous. So I'm not sure of the details about this particular freak off in 2016, but he did beat her, give her a black eye in front of one of the male prostitutes. And then he ended up just paying the male prostitute so that he would not say anything. Cassie decided that she was going to try to leave. And so after the male prostitute left and Sean, who was heavily intoxicated and high, 
when he was sleeping, she tried to leave the hotel room herself and she was able to make it to the hallway elevator. When she did, he came out of the penthouse, saw her, was taking the vases or the vases that were inside the hallway, the glass ones that hold the, you know, the flowers, was throwing them, throwing them at there and she was stuck because the elevator door would not open. She was able to get into the um, elevator. He obviously was able to catch up with her, was still throwing glass at her. Thankfully, the hotel footage of the hallway cameras caught this. However, because Sean was aware that there were cameras there, she, well, first of all, Cassie was able to get away from him. She ran and got into the cab. Someone else who had seen the video was able to help her get into the cab and then just leave. Sean's security brought her back to the hotel. The hotel allegedly was trying to get her to just saying, look, we saw what was happening. Please, if you can, if we can help you this, you know, to get away, then, you know, you should get away. Sean was able to then with his money, with his power and influence, allegedly pay $50,000 to this hotel to not only get the tape, but to also keep the whole incident quiet and confidential. So speaking of the hotels, many individuals think that as they rightfully should because of how the media, the movies portray sexual trafficking, that sex trafficking happens in very dirty, dusty hotels and motels on Highway 66 that, you know, very low-class individuals only attend or, you know, visit. So I want to give you a listing of the hotels in which Cassie alleges that the sexual encounters or the freak-offs happen. Um, the Armitage in Beverly Hills, the Trump International Hotel in Columbus Circle, the London Hotel in Los Angeles, the Intercontinental Century City, the Intercontinental Atlanta, the Intercontinental Intercontinental New York City, the One Hotel in New York and the one in Miami, the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in New York and in Miami, the Fontainebleau in Miami, the Beverly Hills Hotel, and also Shutters on the Beach in Los Angeles. So I mentioned that there was the allegation that Sean paid $50,000 to a hotel to get the footage of when Cassie was trying to escape and he was throwing the glass vases at her um, before she was able to get into the elevator. And so if we look back at seeing that Sean frequented the Intercontinental Hotel in Century City, Atlanta, and New York City, if he's a high-paying VIP, then it is sensible to assume or to conclude that they would be very motivated to give him the tape because they were making so much money off of him. So the relationship continued, and throughout it all, once the domestic violence started happening, less than a year into the relationship, Cassie would try to leave but was unable to because she was either physically unable to or because she was told that she was legally obligated to stay. And by that, I mean that she alleges that she had lawyers, Sean's lawyers. She also had an executive from Sony Music tell her that it's in your best interest for you to not only stay with Bad Boy Records or Bad Boy Entertainment, but also with Sean because he's your employer. He's the most powerful man in hip hop. And you still have a 10 album contract deal that you are not fulfilling. And we have paid for all of your clothes, your hotel, your makeup, your hair, 
all of that you still owe us for. And so it would behoove you to stay where you are because you still owe so much to Bad Boy and to Sean legally and financially. So if you hear all of that and you're already being behaviorally conditioned from trauma, from fear because you're being beaten or giving drug, given drugs, so it will make it where you are more susceptible, more vulnerable to be even more controlled when the person that is beating you is also the one who controls everything that you have in your life, also is able to have cars blown up to threaten your life, also have lawyers tell you, also have Sony executives tell you that you have to stay, you're going to feel trapped. And no matter how often you try to leave or want to leave, it's not going to be that easy. And that's not just with Cassie, that's with any person. So imagine if this is happening and she is financially dependent upon not only Sean, but also um, the employer, but also the company, it will make it very hard for her to leave because she had no place else to go. One of the times she tried to break up, she did go be with one of her friends. One of her friends betrayed her by then being paid by Sean to encourage her to go back to him. And so she really had, even when she tried to go be with her friends to get an escape, she couldn't do it without them betraying her because of the dollar. When she tried to escape to Kid Cudi, then their lives were threatened by the actual explosion of his, of Sean, I'm sorry, of Kid Cudi's car. So in 2018, September 2018, Cassie tried yet again to break up with Sean. Um, she tried to have it in a public place at a restaurant, high profile, so that he wouldn't get too upset or too angry. However, after that dinner, obviously he didn't agree to it, forced his way into the house on their way back from the date and proceeded to rape her. Mind you, he was able to get into the house because he owned the house, had keys to the house, and would come and go whenever he wanted to. So she had no way of just saying, let's break up at the dinner, going home on her own, and then going inside the house. He was still able to get inside the house because he owned it and obviously had the keys to get into it. So soon after this, she realized that it wasn't worth it and she was able to get the strength to leave Sean and proceeded to do so by going to her mother's, her parents' house. And it's very hard sometimes to have to admit to your parents that they were right or that you were wrong. So she was finally able to go to her parents. Her mother took pictures of the beating and any of the bruises that she had from the most recent rape and domestic violence encounter. She also returned the car that she had to Sean. She gave the keys back to Sean or had them sent to him so that she would not be in that house anymore. And she was also able to get legal counsel on how she could legally get out of her contract with Bad Boy Records. That was in 2018. The breakup happened in, well, the breakup became publicized in 2019. And then, of course, she went to live happily ever after with her trainer and married and have two children. But in the court documents, she does allege that although she does have her two daughters, that she suffered severe injuries physically and mentally from post-traumatic stress disorder, recurring nightmares. She also had to go through drug rehabilitation to get cleansed of all the drugs that were in her system from her addictions 
because she was using the drugs to numb herself from the freak-offs, from the pain, from the um, domestic violence beatings, and also because Sean was forcing her to take drugs, allegedly. So when you look at all this information, the main premise of this court document is not so much about her being beaten, about the loss of um, her career. It was mainly focusing on the sex trafficking allegations. So although Sean and Cassie have settled out of court for $30 million, now the FBI is involved because sexual trafficking is a severe and a very significant crime. Now let's define what sex trafficking or human trafficking is. So human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of one or more individuals to force them through fraud, physical force, or deception with the primary goal of exploiting them. So on that definition alone, we see that there is a very strong argument that had it gone to court that Cassie would be able to show that by being forced into having sex with other individuals, by being given drugs to make her sexually perform for individuals, and because Sean made her go across state lines, he transported her to other locations, then that is a very strong argument for him being guilty of sex trafficking. By harboring Cassie, there would be evidence showing that he did not allow her to go to her parents' house. He controlled where she went, again, even to the doctors, and which friends she was allowed to communicate with. So he was harboring her by not giving her her freedom to come and go or to travel as she pleased. In addition, she was forced into having sex. She was biologically undesiring of these activities and was forced to have drugs to induce her body to either dissociate from the experience or to make her more susceptible to being able to sexually perform. She was also forced to arrange male prostitutes. She was under extreme anxiety, and at some times before the freak-offs, she would vomit so much or become so nervous that he would either beat her or give her even more drugs to make her less anxious and then force her to perform. He also would tell her that if she refused to do a freak-off, that not only would he beat her, but that he would, again, ruin her career. He used violence, threats of violence, and also his power as her boss, his powerful connections, and her quote-unquote legal obligations to this 10-album deal as a way to control her. This is, form, this is a form of the human trafficking for the deception, exploitation, and fraud. So by having lawyers, Sony executives, security staff use force or legal power to tell her that she was required to stay, this is another proof of her being able to say that she was forced into it, she was forced to perform, and the very act of being forced to perform a sexual act with other individuals for the, export, for the benefit of another individual, the observing person, is indeed sexual trafficking. In addition to Sean having her engage in forced sexual encounters, he also made them uh, very vivid and strategically detailed videos. So he would not only tell her what to do, 
he would make a script. So he would say, you touch her here, you touch him here, suck this, do that. He would also adjust lighting. He would have candles. He would frequently stop them in the act of sexual intercourse or whatever their sexual interactions were to tell them what to change and what to do and rewrite the script as it was happening. Because Cassie did not only did not want to even do this, but definitely did not want tapes on them. Whenever she was able to, she would go into his laptop or she would try to erase it from his phone or from her phone and she would try to delete the footage. Sean found out about this and would say, you can't delete it because I always have more than one copy. She was still hoping that he was just lying and trying to scare her until one day they were on a plane, a private plane, and he pulled up one of the videos that she thought that she had deleted of a recent freak off, made her watch it and told her, I told you, I always have more than one copy and you can't delete the tapes and you can't just run away and you can't say no if I ask you to do it again. So all of this forced sex, all of the forced videotaping and documenting of the, um, the experiences of the forced sex are acts of sexual trafficking. And the attorney for Cassie is then citing specific legal laws and acts to use this in their case. The court document alleges that Sean was in violation of federal sex trafficking laws, which is why the FBI is involved. The first is the New York State Human Rights Law, the New York City Human Rights Law, the Gender Motivated Violence Act of New York City, the New York Services for Victims of Human Trafficking New York Services Law, the California Sexual Abuse and Cover-Up Accountability Act, and the California Tracking Victims Protection Act, California Civil Code. So by their lawyer using these federal laws against sexual trafficking and bringing those into the court, it not only allows for further investigation, even if um, the case has been settled monetarily, but also it opens up the FBI to be able to investigate the matter more closely and to see what other individuals are involved with the sex trafficking of Cassie. So when you look at human trafficking, when you look at sex trafficking, please let this be your takeaway and encourage others to also have this information as a takeaway for them. That it doesn't matter how famous, how beautiful, how wealthy you are, doesn't matter what zip code you live in or your career status, that anyone can be a victim of sexual trafficking because the main components that are required are a power differential, meaning someone has more power over another person, also a powerful network, which is not only does a powerful person have power his or herself, but also has connections to other individuals in power for example, with Cassie, the lawyers, the security staff, the physical power, the legal power that they were asserting over her, although they were lies, meaning it was fraud, the person would still believe as the victim that they didn't have any right to safety. And with this happening to Cassie, please let this be a reminder or an awareness to you that sexual trafficking doesn't have any boundaries or biases. It is very much a diversity, equity, and inclusion crime, and that everyone can be susceptible. 
So therefore, please encourage everyone to be aware and not to assume that it only happens in certain hotels or in certain communities or to certain types of people or even to only females. It also happens to males often and definitely to children. I don't have the exact percentage, but out of all sex trafficking cases, over 80% are sexual trafficking cases that have been formed in or powered through the United States of America. So we are highly susceptible to it. And please remember that we can do more by being vigilant. If someone is closely being guarded all the time, appears to have no freedom, always has bruises, is suddenly becoming very different in their behavior, such as taking drugs or drinking a lot or wanting to commit suicide, then please listen to them and consider that they may be a victim of sexual trafficking or human trafficking and not have any way to get out of it or feel completely powerless to get out of it. And you may be the only person who is paying attention enough or brave enough to even make an anonymous phone call to try to help that person get help. So I really hope that although this was a celebrity-based issue, it was a very social issue as far as sexual trafficking and that being a pervasive crime that happens in our country and in almost every community and zip code and it often goes unreported. So please remember that information. Please also continue this conversation Please meditate and think about what we discussed. See how you can be more vigilant if you do see someone who changes in their behaviors and how you can even maybe even just talk and continue the conversation with others. But whenever you do continue this conversation, please remember to do so using science and love. And if you run.